Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The pocket that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this on a Friday night as we reach the halfway point of the Kings season. And they were victorious tonight. Back-to-back games against the Houston Rockets. This game was a lot better for Sacramento. And for the fourth straight game, they score 135 or more in a game. They beat the Rockets 139-114. to At the halfway point, they are 23-18. and I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How are you doing on this Friday night, Mo? Just fantastic. Great. I'm doing great. I'm super happy to see where this Sacramento Kings are. Obviously, not only in the standings, not only with their record, but with the product on the floor. And and the fact that, yes, good basketball makes me happier. Why do you think I love watching the NBA and I love when I get to end a night on a good game, even if it's not the Kings, but when it is the Kings, it just feels that much better, that much more complete. Yeah, it's been really fun, and I know we're going to take a look back uh, at the first half of the season after we get to tonight's game, but it is fun just having a team that is not only winning, but it's one of the more entertaining teams in the NBA to watch. Yes. A lot of their games are close. They score a lot of points. That's true. They share the ball. They hit threes. They've got excitement. With players like Fox and Sabonis. I mean, the list goes on. We're going to get to it. But my point is, it's just fun right now. And I'm just enjoying every single second of it. When you've seen such bad bad basketball over the last 16 years, the fact that we can sit here 41 games in and go, wow, the Kings are in the fourth spot and they're 23 and 18. Even the most optimistic of Kings fans probably wouldn't have predicted exactly this around the halfway point of the season. And I think that is really encouraging. And there's still room to grow significantly Yeah, throughout the last half. And what else is so fun about it so far is that it, it's, it seems like it's being built on this sustainable path, right? I think that's one of the best things about this. It's not like, oh, another fluky win or, oh, just um, a fluky schedule and who they're playing and everyone's out when they're playing the Sacramento Kings. No, what they're building on and how they're growing is how good teams grow in the NBA. Well, tonight they take on the Houston Rockets for the second consecutive game. Kevin Porter did not play in this game for the Houston Rockets. Kevin Herter missed the game. He was back at shoot around today, Mm -hmm. but kind of returned to conditioning, returned to action for him. So he sat out just trying to, you know, when you're sick. Take yeah. a second oh to get back God. and flow things. Yeah. So I anticipate he'll be back on Sunday when the Kings take on the Spurs. But the Kings did a much better job in this game. The first half wasn't great, right? They had some defensive breakdowns. But the difference is, how are you going to come out in the second half? Are you going to wait to the fourth quarter like you did last game and kind of escape with a win? Or are you going to take care of business? And tonight, the Kings came out and took care of business. The offensive numbers are beyond sexy. But to me, I felt like... In the second half, there was a conscious effort to make life more challenging on Jalen Green, who had 25 points in the first half. He ends up in the game finishing with 27 points, and it wasn't, oh, he was just missing shots. The Kings defense did such a better job on him. Fox was more aggressive. Davion Mm -hmm. came in and made life hard on him. In fact, blocked one of his threes. The help defense was there. It was such a better 
job defensively in the second half against this Rockets squad. And that's what I love. It was just so noticeable that it was disrupting his game, taking away what he was making look easy in that first half. Some of those shots were easy, and then he had some toward the end of that half where it was like he was creating and just Jalen Green's a good young player, right? But at the same time, you can stop this team yep. by stopping him, by slowing him down. That's what the Kings really came out strong in that second half. Whatever was said in that uh, locker room at the half, they listened to and they executed. And it was Fox being more engaged on that end, really being into him. Mitchell, they were blitzing him. They're like, we're not mm. going to let this guy beat us. He has been unconscious. He was getting inside. He was knocking down threes. He had that one tough shot on Terrence Davis That's late the in the one. second quarter. Yeah. God, is this guy going to score 45 tonight and maybe squeak out a win? They did such a better job. And that only led to better things for them because not only were they playing better defense on that, they were also forcing turnovers. And then they weren't turning over the ball. They had 10 turnovers as a team in that first half. They only turned the ball over four times in the second half. And damn, it was so fun to watch, Morgan. I know Houston's a bad team. They're now 10 and 32. This is what you're supposed to do against the bad teams. But the Kings looked fantastic. Uh, the offense. Uh, Sabonis is just a freak. I I don't know if I've already what mentioned this. He? I know I said this in Discord. Yeah. He's already in my top five favorite Kings of all time. Wow. No, because he just wow. plays the right way. You know why he is? Well, if I was going to put him in that list for me, it's he plays the right way, but he plays with so much joy. He, like he enjoys being so dominant. He encourages his teammates. My favorite Sabonis play tonight came when he missed a three. Oh, oh, I wrote it down because I'm just like, no, this, this has Damn. to be noted. He misses a three. That guy sprints his ass off back down the floor, blocks Shengu shot at the rim. And then Terrence Davis, hits a three you from guys, Sabonis. You got you, you have your big missing a three point attempt and sprinting his ass back to get that chase down block incredible effort i mean the way that he plays though when a, another player another teammate of his is doing something right or is coming off him the right way it's a smile it's great job it's encouragement and then when things are wrong it's just leadership yes deuce how he plays but then the numbers he puts up incredible with a broken hand right like thumb. remember the thumb injury he has yeah no he's the type of person that's like like probably wants someone to punch him in the face seven times before a game. And it's like, ah, I'm well, going to go out there. I think that's how many times he gets punched each game by opposing teams. He gets hit in the face all the time. Got hit in the face again tonight. It gives anyway, him more power. Tonight, Morgan, yeah. 19 points, 15 rebounds, a career high 16 assists. He also had two steals and two blocks tonight. It, it's, it's hard to find words about how he has transformed this team. And it's not just him. There's no. other pieces too, no doubt about it. But what he brings to this squad because of his toughness, because he's playing through pain, because he shares the ball. It's contagious. Absolutely contagious. But not only is it contagious, Deuce, you look at those 16 assists that he had. It's not just guys being in the right place at the right time. He has brought a certain style of basketball with the way that he plays that guys are trusting around him that they want 
to play with him. They want to play that style. And that's why they're in the right place at the right time. And they're like, oh, well, actually, I see Sabonis at the high post. And if I go from this dunker spot and slash through, he's going to find me because my guy is paying too much attention on him. Like, all you're just seeing guys play at a higher level because of the way that Sabonis is playing when he has the ball in his hands. When you have a player who draws so much attention and is a willing passer, but also a great passer, yes, it changes everything. I mean, I how many times since he's been a king, I've just been fixated on watching him, even without the ball. He is constantly coaching guys, getting guys in the right spots on both sides, offense and defense. He is playing as we reach the halfway point. Not only at an all-star level, like that, that whole conversation has to stop. He's an all-star. It's done. Like he's an all-star. He's an all-NBA player right now. And Ooh. that means you're top 15. Yep. He has been that great this season. It's And I remember last year, even over the offseason, people were like, yeah, he's made the all-star team twice, but do you think he'll make it again? And, and 25 the, or 26 now? 25. The guy's young and yeah. he's, he's playing the best basketball of his career. It's not even close. He has never been this good in the NBA, he's in the prime of his career, and you could tell he means everything to this team, not only on the court, but what he does emotionally for this team. Absolutely. Morgan said it. He plays with joy, and that matters. During a long grind of a season, you need guys that are going to keep you in line, hold you accountable on the court. He's like a coach on the floor. And he's great. And it's like, it's not that fake joy where you're like, oh, we just got to get through this type of season. Oh, it's just work. So, you know, you just got to be there. It's like, it's, I feel like it's what probably basketball does for us and everyone that's in here right now. The fact that you commit so much time to us talking about basketball, basketball probably is bringing you joy. And he feels that same way about basketball. And it's contagious not only for people on the court. I think it's contagious for people who are watching him play night in and night out as well. Uh, Doug in the chest says, Deuce is about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I might. No. It wouldn't be the first time this year. You know, the last time I cried when my, when my grandma died. Was that Do, do you want to bring it up? Wow. Wasn't that last year, technically? Okay, Mar- are you going to take that away from me? No, no. Are you going to bring that up? No, it was I, the end of you're October. already mad that my grandma died this week and took away from your grandma dying. I know. When the Kings lost to the Memphis Grizzlies. And remember, crazy to think about this as we reach the halfway point what? of the season with the Kings five games over 500 for the first time in like 17 years. You realize they started 0-4? Isn't that, that's the other thing we I have know. to like keep going back to. They started 0-4 in the season. There was panic around. There was panic there was around. There was panic within those walls. There People was panic within those walls. Sources say there was panic <laughs> yeah. within those and, walls. But guess what? Hey, calm down. Win some games. You figure it out. It's a long season. Sports, and here baby. they are. So, yeah, you know what? Maybe I will cry tonight. Good. No. Huh? No, I'm not. No it's, we got a long way to go. We're good. Uh, the Kings... At 23 and 18, it just sounds so good. I've said it like seven times. Um, a couple other things from tonight that I want to get to first half versus the second half. The Kings did great score the ball, right? 69 points in the nice. first half, but they allowed 66 points. Yes. So how are they going to respond? Third quarters have always been an issue, it seems like, for Sacramento for a long time now. They responded in a big way. They outscored them 43-26 in the third in the second half, Morgan, Sacramento outscored Houston 70-48. to 48. They knocked down 13 of 23 from three in the second half. They had 20 assists in the second half. 
That almost feels like it's wrong. I need to almost look at it again to make sure I'm right. Okay, double check it. How many assists in the second half? I have them down for 20 in the second half. That would be, that's, that's. Do you think I'm lying? No, I just. Do you think I'm wrong? That's just like a very holy shit stat. So that's why I'm pretty stunned by it. But, um. um, I'm looking right now. I'm going to show it to the people. First half. First half. First half. Sacramento had 14. And they finished with 34. They had 20 assists in the second half of the game. 20 assists and just four turnovers. I mean, that's just, you're, you're going to win a lot of games. No, you're going to. And you're not playing Houston every night, okay? I'm, I'm having perspective here, but this is, not also, this is not the first time the Kings have had 34 assists in a game this year. This is a number 30 that they get a lot. Um, so that was great. Four turnovers I mentioned. They also had seven steals in the second half. And they also had six blocks you in the got, second half of the game. And you saw the difference, too. I mean, it was the way that they were getting up and, guys, they are playing with a different type of energy. It wasn't like they weren't energized the first half, but it was them, I don't think, r- truly believing in their capabilities as a defensive team and that they could provide that high-level basketball, not only on the offensive end, like they were, but on the defensive end as well, which was actually part of the reason why they started looking better and better on offense. You saw some transition shots, transition threes from Harrison Barnes, um, some really good basketball. And I think one of the things that I noticed too was when Will Z was tweeting out some things and he was talking about the Rockets at one point when they had 14 points off of 10 Kings turnovers and the Kings at that point had five points off the Rockets, um, five turnovers. They just really cleaned things up in that second half, right? They cleaned things up. They didn't allow the other team to capitalize on their mistakes either. It was just a much better, much better game of basketball. Yeah, Houston in the second half had 10 turnovers. It turned into 16 points for the Sacramento Kings. They also held Houston to 43% shooting and four of 17 from three-point land. So you put up 139 points. That's insane. The last three games, by the way, Morgan, the three-point shooting has been remarkable yes they hit 20 tonight 20 of 40 but this is their last three games morgan they're 62 of 134 from three that is 46 percent. they've had 62 threes in the last three games jeez i i like i feel like we'll see teams throughout the league where it's like, man, they're a good three-point shooting team, or they'll make a lot of threes, and it's because they're jacking up so many. It's their identity of their game. It's where they like to score if they're going to score. But I feel like with the Kings, there's discipline within their shot selection. And then when they are feeling good and they are making those outside shots, they continue to shoot those. And then let's just say tonight when they're not shooting well, you you know that the coaches are telling some of the shooters, keep shooting, get your rhythm going. But others, it's like, Create something off the dribble. Do something else. Attack the paint. Like, they're just a whole bunch of smart players. Well, the Kings had three players with 20 or more. That did not include Sabonis, who was one point shy of that. You mentioned Harrison Barnes. Another big game for him. He had 27 points, seven rebounds, three assists. He was 8 of 14, shooting 5 of 8 from three. And all of a sudden, HB is really starting to knock down the three, which is super encouraging for the Kings. I mean, he's... It looks smooth. Yeah. It looked good tonight, too. He, he's just shooting with a lot a lot of confidence. You know, he's not thinking twice about it. And he's like, 
this is a good shot because one, I can make this, but two, I'm in rhythm. Um, things are flowing. I'm doing everything else I can be doing on the floor. Just, yeah, he's playing at a different level too. 2023 stats, and I don't know if this is updated through tonight. <sighs> I should just do this on my own. Sorry, Morgan. I was going to go to no, HP's okay. thing. This is what happens when we do live stuff. It's fine, right? Yeah. Uh, you can... Were you going to do math? I'm choking. Why you... I was choking during a Stockton game tonight, and Morgan took over play-by-play -play for a second. And let me tell you, play-by-play -play to me is one of the hardest it's things in the world. It really is. And I'm just like trying to go through each play. A little difficult as Deuce was choking nearby. Didn't even know if he was okay, but I was like, game's going on. Okay, that's what I want to bring up. Updated through tonight. These okay. stats are current. January, the Kings have played seven games. They're four and three. Harrison Barnes during... The year 2023, 21 points, 53% shooting, 50% from three, 91% from the free throw line. Wow. So, you know, that's seven game chunk where he's providing you 21 a game. Fox is just a tick under 25 points a game on 51% shooting, 85% from the line, seven assists, three rebounds. Uh, Sabonis so is at 20 points. He's at 13 rebounds and 8.6 assists in the month of January on 56% shooting. That's insane. Uh, well, what's, what's so fun to see is that these players are not just filling up one category. They're not just getting a whole bunch of rebounds because they're big or making a whole bunch of outside shots because they're a shooter. They're crashing the boards. They're finding the open man. They're just playing basketball the right way. And look what happens when you do that. Great things happen. So we mentioned Barnes with 27 points, seven rebounds. Uh, the other guy with 20 plus points tonight, De'Aaron Fox at 24, five assists, five rebounds. He was just getting to the spot. I thought he had a great game. Nine of 14 shooting, three of five from downtown. Some of those mid-range J's he got. With green on him, you got how how automatic is it becoming? Right, that's when he's an elite mid-range shooter. It's no, like him, Kevin is. Durant. He truly is, and like you know, Kevin Durant, you expect it. He's been doing it for so long at that level. De'Aaron has shown now. It's I mean, he's had other moments, but I feel like it's more consistent and lethal than ever this season with him. Um, and especially in those crunch time moments, the clutch moments for De'Aaron, it's that it's just it's a different mentality at that point. And so for him to do it throughout a game on a more consistent level, I'm just so glad that he believes in himself and knows what he's capable of. Other guy we should mention, Terrence Davis, had 22 points in the starting lineup tonight. He also had six rebounds, three assists. He did on seven of 14 shooting, mm. five of five at the line, three of seven from downtown. And Mike Brown called an early timeout in the third quarter after he had a really bad defensive mistake trying to defend Eric Gordon. It seemed like he was actually guiding, escorting him to the basket to score. He's like, would you like to take this left yeah, lane? And, you know, Mike Brown went, we're going to call a timeout. I we're talking it. about this. And he talked to him about it. What I loved about it, he left TD in the game. Next mm -hmm. play down, I think Terrence Davis turned the ball over. Yeah, he but did. after that, he stayed with it. Yeah. You know, and, and this is, again, a credit. We I don't know how many times we have said this about players on this team this year. Guys who are not in the rotation come in and they provide a lift. They could pout. They could be pissed off. But they, they're not. Terrence Davis, 
deserves so much credit for being coachable, for staying engaged. And tonight, he comes in and gives you 22 points. You Your starting shooting guard, Kevin Herter, is missing the second consecutive game. And you can go to your bench to a guy who was getting DNP CDs yeah. for like a week and a half, two weeks or and whatever it is. And this is what he gives you. Shooting 50% from the field, right? Yeah. Making some better decisions out there with um, his shot selection. And I, I love... I love that Mike Brown. That's what I was talking to you about after too. It's like, you know, if you're TD, you could have the mindset like, yo, my, the leash is short. I got to do everything right. If I screw and that can just screw with you even more, right? You're going to play timid. You're, you're going to play scared. Instead, he ha Mike Brown has so much respect for him to be like, no, I'm going to let you make these mistakes. I'm going to teach you what was wrong, but you're going to do the right thing the next time's down. And that's exactly what started to happen with TD. And I just, I love the relationship that it seems like they have. Now let's go to uh, the bullshit play. Of the oh night. my God. Yeah. That bomb Garrison Matthews. Matthews. What, what, what are you what doing? Are you doing? I mean, he had the foul on Keegan the other night. Now there is a turnover Malik Monk and Garrison Matthews going for the ball, right? Garrison lowers a shoulder, bumps into Monk. Monk sells it. Monk absolutely sells yes. it. Yes. I'm not denying it. And Monk was going for it, but Garrison saw it, went, oh, I'm going to prevent this from happening. Yeah. And then he went into him. Yeah. So then Matthews has the ball. Monk goes from behind, pokes it away just to knock it away after yeah. the whistle. And Garrison immediately loses his shit. Gets right nose to nose in Monk's face. I mean, it was... You would have thought he said something about his mom. You would have thought he was the one that lowered the shoulder and <laughs> it got knocked into. Like, Instead, it was Garrison Matthews. Immediately turns. It's like, F you, Matthews. In his in nose to nose. And then what? Monk wasn't backing down. Then it kind of, then, then Metu comes over. There's, it took him an hour and a half to review this. Uh-huh. Look. It's crazy to me that that play ends almost in a wash where, yeah, the Kings, there's a foul on the play, but Matthews ejected, Monk ejected, Eason ejected, and then Chemezi Metsu. And I watched that replay, went back and over watched and it over. with you. I'm going, what does Metsu actually do wrong? They said he instigated. Instigated what? It, it was already happening. And it was done. If any, I even saw Shengun bump someone. No, he bumped nothing. Monk, and nothing. Nothing happened over and it. And even with, with Metu afterward, I was like, okay, so he said a few more words after, but even within those words being said, there was physical contact from yep. Shangun. Like if you're going to go all the way to eject him, then why aren't you going to do anything to Shangun either? It was just one of those plays where it, the refs overthought it. Too many guys were ejected. Even for Matthews, like I, I, even in that situation, did you do you think it deserved an ejection for so, that play? Here's what I'll say: Yes, I do. How not, come? not for the play, for the in the face thing. The in the face fair, thing. right? Okay, when, because he got hot. Fast. And he charged him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he went face to face with the guy like immediately. Okay, so ejection there, Malik Monk T. I I fine. If you want to give Malik Monk a technical fine, I think their thought was like, hey, let's de-escalate this. It's sure. a classic ref move. Like, let's de-escalate it. Let's just eject both guys. But then more, I'm like, come on, let's let's keep it moving. It doesn't need to take 35 minutes. They like sent it. It's like, it was like it was a court case. Yeah. Oh, let's bring in our next witness. It's like, 
No. This is a case for the FBI. Let's not overthink it. Oh, okay. These two guys got into it. You know, we're done with them. Ejection, ejection. It's got, this game's kind of out of reach anyway. Thank you. And then you move on. Yeah. But Matthews, you a dirty ass player. He is. And He's not even in that in moment. Him. That I, wasn't even the, like the dirty moment. And that's, it was just, I'm more going off of his reputation and what we even saw from the night before yeah, with Keegan. Yeah. It's like, I think he's, those are the type of play, just unnecessary plays. Yeah, right? where someone can get hurt, and that's where it gets scary. It's like, you don't respect the game. Get out of here, you bum. <laughs> you bum. Um, other things we should uh, mention about this game, Trey Lyles, 13 points, five rebounds. He ends up playing 30 minutes tonight for Sacramento on 6-9 shooting. Keegan Murray was in foul trouble for most of the night. Really couldn't find a rhythm. <laughs> Lyles has just been such a stud for this team. He has. He has. No, I've, I mean, what a pleasant surprise. And I'll never forget asking him about um, a misconception about his game on media day. And he always said it was, it was like that. I don't care. He's like, cause I always have the same face. Um, I don't show a lot of emotion cause I used to. And then I, I toned it down a lot. And now people like go, Oh, like he doesn't care. I love that. He's just showing he cares through his game, through his big shot making, through his, throw down dunks, um, understanding where to be on the floor. Like he is understanding the game at a high level and showing it through the way that he plays. Nice win for the Kings. Yeah. They went 139, 114. That's what you're supposed to do. So to beat these teams on your home floor. And how great that we can say that though. Yeah. Because like we haven't been able to say that for so many years now. It's fun to be like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do if you want to be considered a good team beat a team like the Rockets just like this. And you know how I felt second night of a, um, of playing the same team back to back. I was nervous. I was, and you saw how that first half went and it, that didn't go in the way that the Kings wanted it to go a few runs here and there, but then they really pulled away in that second half to show why they are a good team. Let's give some love to the people watching us live. Give some love. I forgot to do roll call on the pre-show today. Well, give some love. I'm not, not going to do a roll call in the middle of a podcast. Oh. <laughs> are you, excuse me, open your Matthew. eyes. <laughs> I appreciate you guys being here. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure to subscribe. All that does is help our channel grow. Just let's do it. We're trying to chase for 10,000 subs. Let's get it going. Hit the thumbs up button. Make sure to be subscribed. Shout out to people who are donating, including, uh, is it Otis? $5 says, we got to meet Malik Monk's son tonight. Oh. Hashtag Garrison Matthew oh. Matthews. <laughs> His Wikipedia, uh, everyone, the I saw that. fans changed it. It was yeah. great. Good bet. Uh, JLM has uh, donated five bucks saying it's crazy. These two teams have another back to back in February. Someone is definitely getting stabbed. Let's, what? let's, whoa, no, no. what the shit? No, no, no weapons. God, we what are we saying? No, like, no violence. Like, just <laughs> yell at each other and get in each other's face again. No weapons. Also, shout out to Jake who super chatted five dollars and uh, Ben who subscribed on YouTube and Tina who. Donated five. Thank you guys. Dollars. Thanks, Tina. Truly. Appreciate um, you all. Also, shout out to people watching us on Twitch and Kessie, who is in Australia. He's been with us since we started doing night chats a long, long, long time ago. Uh, he gifted subs on Twitch. So shout out to all Thanks, the Twitch Cassie. people as well. Uh, let's hear from Damana Sabonis, who made King's history tonight. The first player in the Sacramento era, Morgan, to have a 15-15-15 game. 
Wow. Wait, in the Sacramento, yeah. In the Sacramento era. You know, it's it's like franchise history. Oscar Robertson did it. I don't like address. I don't like acknowledging those times. Okay. They weren't in Sacramento. Facts. I don't care about them before Sacramento. I cared 1985 to now. I don't care. Well, Oscar did it in the Kings. No, he didn't. Right? (coughs) He's wearing a Royals. He's wearing the same team. Anyway, Oscar's awesome. Understood. Thank you. Uh, here's what Demonis Sabonis said about uh, reaching that mark. Uh, from Kings PR, uh, you join Oscar Robertson as the only player in franchise history to post at least 15 points, 15 rebounds, and 15 assists in the game. The last time he did that was in 1965. How cool is that to, to make history like that tonight? Uh, pretty cool. You know, uh, pretty cool. Um, most important thing is that, you know, we ended up getting a win. You know, it was uh, two games back-to-back, uh, tough ones, and um, happy happy we left with both victories of course i i knew he was gonna say that i'm just happy we got the win uh he is also I mean, what ha- else are you supposed to say i'm not criticizing oh. i just knew he was gonna say that uh he also got the defensive player of the game chain oh surprise because of what he was able to do to do tonight uh rebounding well blocks steals here's how that went down all right, Jordy, what we got here? Uh, Foxy, good job picking up in the fourth. You got the steal. Uh, we only allowed 22 points in the fourth quarter, uh, but it's not you. Uh, Trey, six deflections, two low mans, really good job uh, off the bench. Uh, but with 15 rebounds, 10 defensive rebounds, two blocks, two steals, and six deflections. Come on! There they go. I Dude, love it. And I lo- you know what I like? And I know we, by the way, fully aware we sound like super home. Like if you're watching us from a different NBA team, you're like, God, they just slobber. Homer. They slobber over every little thing. Yeah, we do a little bit right now. Okay, it's been a minute. But the, the fact that they like take a picture after. I love, I love that. I love it And so how, how about the six deflections Jordy Fernandez mentioned for Sabonis? I love it. I love it so much. I don't care. Let me soak it in Dude, just a little, so, huh? You should soak it I, in. And I am. No, and you're exactly right because there's time, like, th- most times I'm very critical and analyzing this team on such a different level. But when things are good, you just got to yeah. enjoy. Yeah. Sink it. What is it? Drink it in, yeah, man. Like Jericho used to yeah, say, drink it in. You were about to say sink it <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, after the game, Mike Brown was saying, uh, hey, guys, uh, wake up. Fox and Sabonis are really good. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, shoot, Domas. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, if he and Foxy aren't an all-star, um, shame on the whole process. Uh, because those guys are more than deserving. You know, you're talking about a guy that is, you know, it's, it's he's tied it's, he's tied the single season record for triple doubles um, for us has in the Sacramento era. In the Sacramento era. Yes. That, wow. That that says something, uh, and it's not like we're sitting in 12th place. You know, I I, I truly believe. You have to give and give heavy consideration to uh, everybody's record when it comes to voting for all-star players. And uh, Domas and Foxy, uh, they're just not getting enough love, and it's a shame. Uh, you know, he, 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 the triple-double he had, the way he got it, uh, I think Oscar Robertson was the only one to yeah. 
Get us a triple double like that? Yes. In the history. To me, that's absolutely amazing. That's amazing. And, you know, it's not like this is a one off because this is not his first triple double. So hopefully, sooner than later, uh, these guys will start getting the appropriate love. Um, from around the league that they deserve. Media, starting with the media, because media has a lot of influence, especially the national media. They got a lot of influence on the people that they're writing to and speaking to. And hopefully uh, Domas and Foxy will get their due respect because they're doing it night in and night out. Yeah, I mean, Mike has the back of his guys, and everything he says about their candidacy as all-stars is legit for sure. But But, also like, it's just a fan vote. Like, I just don't get caught up in the fan vote. The fan vote is the fan vote. People aren't staying up, believe it or not, to watch the Sacramento games. games, Right. One, because you're Sacramento, right? Right. It's not sexy yet back. It's not not sexy yet. And even like for people people bring up SGA. Well, SGA is on a bad team. Yeah. SGA also plays in Oklahoma city, but it's close to the East Coast, right? You might turn that game on a little bit. And the Kings have been a joke of a franchise for a long, long time in NBA circles. Yeah. That's just what it is. People They're still not don't believe it. Fox finally broke into the top 10 in voting with guards. Uh-huh. But the starters are decided 50% fans, 25% media, 25% current players. It's the reserves that are selected by the coaches in the NBA. Boom. And that's where... The guys that are doing the scouting reports, the guys that game plan for these teams, they understand who the top players are. And you know when you take on the Kings, and if you face the Kings, there are two guys immediately that come up on your scouting report, mm-hmm. Sabonis and Fox. Sabonis is going to be an all-star this year. Fox is probably the most borderline at this point, and I'm not saying it. I believe he is an all-star, but just based on the competition in the, rat, in the West with the guards, like, is it he, him or Dame? You know, and I think Mike's point now is like, look, not only is Fox putting up these numbers, we're winning games. And that does matter a bit, I think. So I, told- I, I think Fox is going to get in. Deuce, you just saying it does matter, in my opinion. It That's that's literally what sure. I feel like we face every single year. Oh, but the Kings aren't winning. But this person, not every year, but you, when you do hear that even around the league, this person's good, but their team isn't winning. But it doesn't matter when it comes to a brand name player. You know, like, I feel like Luca would get the love even if Dallas wasn't playing as well. Sure, right? I, I but, guess the best example right now, like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he's on a team that's, that's a, losing. Yes. But he's having a great year, and he's legitimately... He's so been good. great. He's like so good. on both ends. Like mm-hmm. his shooting numbers, he's scoring 30 a game. He makes an impact for that team. Yeah. They're not a very good team. You know, some nights they're competitive and in it, but they're a losing team. He should be on the team. Like yeah. I, I I believe that. But I think the Kings are gonna have a chance at two all-stars, which is crazy when you think about that. I don't know how many people would have predicted that before the season. And that they may be one of the few teams in the NBA to have two all-stars, which is another crazy thing. Yeah, it, it is. I think I think more and more people are starting to realize that the Kings are the real deal this season. Um, it's even been hard for, I think, Kings fans to actually feel that and believe that. And that's more, like, fear-based. But I think when it comes to 
um, national fans and media. It's more because they've seen the parody around the league and they've seen the runs that some of these teams go on. But I think what the Kings are doing differently, they're showing so much consistency, right? Throughout this season of good basketball. And if you are actually paying attention and watching them, it's not like De'Aaron Fox is just having good games and the Kings are losing. De'Aaron Fox is having good games and it's making an impact on the win-loss column. DeMontis Bonus is just a beast in a freaking half oh, in this league yeah. no matter where you look at him from it's been a fun first half Hell we're at yeah. the halfway point let's talk some first half kings huh appreciate everyone uh joining us live right now we're closing in on 600 people kings what? fans are feeling good it's a no. friday night we're chilling we're hanging out we're talking about a team that's at fourth place in the western conference shout out to all the people who are donating left and right let's give some love Thanks. to the super chats including peyton who donated five bucks saying garrison matthews whose whereabouts were unknown during January 6th. No. no. Better be suspended for a few games. What's, I don't get it. Can you explain? No, I'm not explaining. Uh, also, Purple Talk Josh donated five bucks saying, uh. Praise Lord Beam. May it giveth the winds and taketh my heart. Not just a light in my sky. It's the light of my life. Amen. Hey, effing man. Hey, effing man. I love it. Sam donated two bucks. Mike Brown is coach of the year. Uh, cred, he puts it all together. Yeah, wait, before we go to the first half of the oh. year, can you go to your poll? Oh, let's go to my yeah. poll question. Because that remind me I'm of it. I'm sorry. We got close to 600 people here on a Friday night. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying it, but I enjoy it more if you hit the thumbs up button. It's not about, oh, get it for Juice. He wants to reach that goal. No, it helps us show up in Kings fans' faces all over YouTube every time they log in. Make sure to hit the subscribe button. So NBA... Fans around the world can check in with us because and learn you, about the beam team. Because of you, our algorithms and everything have been just going everywhere. So thank yeah. you for all the thumbs up because that's what it helps. Yeah, it really does. Appreciate you. What were we going to say? The poll question. Tonight's poll question. Who is the most valuable person for the first half of the Kings? Okay. The MVP. The Kings <laughs> MVP most valuable person. Is it De'Aaron Fox, Demonis Sabonis, Mike Brown, or the basketball god? Ah, ah. Thank you. Well, what's what? Uh, what are people saying? Sixty percent of people saying Domas Sabonis. Okay, can't really go wrong with that answer. I mean, I I think it's it's probably the answer. It's not to take away from anything else, but you just look at what he's been able to achieve this year. Oh my God, and it's ridiculous. I mean. He leads the NBA in rebounding. Another triple-double tonight. He has a franchise record in consecutive double-doubles. He's averaging 19 points. He's averaging 12.4 rebounds. He's averaging 6.8 assists, by the way, which is a career high in assists, Morgan. He is shooting 62%, which is a career high. He is shooting 41% from three, which is oh a career God. high. So... Can I say something, though? We look at a lot of these numbers, and we see a lot of offensive stats, but I think when you look at the rebounds, you really look at the impact he's making with the way that he's finishing off a play, a defensive possession, right? And he's corralling a rebound and literally pushing it toward the other end. Like, you're not going to see that on a stat sheet. You're not going to see his verticality numbers 
on these stat sheets. That's what you're hearing Jordy Fernandez talk about, obviously, in the locker room when he's handing someone the Depog chain. And I think for DeMontis Sabonis, it's absolutely incredible what he's doing on the offensive end and making the team better. But my God, what he's able to do on the defensive end too, I just don't think it's getting the love it deserves because so many people have said, Kings need a shot blocker and a rim protector. And it's like, he's protecting the rim in many ways. Yes, there's still help that is needed, but he is protecting the rim in so many ways with just the way he's staying vertical, just the way he's staying disciplined and playing with his chest and not getting his hands all mixed up in there. Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing that the Kings did when they acquired him was we are trading for you to be our starting center. You're not next to Miles Turner anymore. You need to play center because you're yeah. a center in the NBA, and we're going to run it through you, and you're going to orchestrate stuff for us, but we want you to be aggressive. And I think that is his true position. And, yeah, we've, we've hit on this so many times about rim protection. Yeah, you, you need to guard the ball better, one, right? On the yeah. perimeter, you need probably more size at the four, someone who could maybe block a shot there. But Sabonis, to me, is not killing you defensively at all. I think he's been pretty good for this team this year. Agreed. And so, uh, if you went to, like, biggest surprise of the first half, what would it be for you? Because I, I was leaning toward, honestly, saying Sabonis being this good. Right? Like... I've always liked Sabonis's game. Yeah. In fact, long ago when we were looking at different trade targets for the Kings, we brought up Sabonis long, long, long time ago. I just didn't think he could be. He was this good. Okay. That uh, no, and I'm it's, I'm so with you when I say okay. I'm like yeah, no, I'm there. I I have another yeah thing that I think is the most surprising. Um, I think it would be De'Aaron Fox's consistency because it's something that has not been reliable any year until this one and he had that chunk he had that exactly the chunks and how many times do we see the chunks and with those chunks i was like can we just get it consistently throughout a season it's totally human to have a little bit of a slump a deal with some injuries whatever we saw a little bit of that this season but you can tell it's the real deal now like De'Aaron fox is the real deal his consistency the way that he is a clutch player I wasn't expecting him to take that leap as a leader. Good. And the way that we've talked about him as a leader, it's not only what we're seeing, it's what Mike Brown is talking about. Uh, it's what, what his teammates are talking about. I wasn't expecting that. So I would say that has been probably one of the biggest surprises. And Kevin Herter talked about it on the Zach Lowe podcast really quick when he was talking about what has been one of the biggest surprises about De'Aaron Fox. And he said his maturity. And I think it he did take a leap in so many different ways just as – a grown man. Yeah, and his fourth quarter numbers have been so good this year. He's yeah. been one of the best fourth quarter players in the NBA. Yeah, that's fair. And by the way, Sabonis is a stat line tonight, according huh. to Stat Muse. The 19 points, 15 rebounds, 16 assists, two steals, two blocks. A first player with that stat line or better in a game since Larry Bird. I, <laughs> I mean, this is... It's the real deal! Well, and it's all... We just need to know this, too, like... This is not just wow. Wow. We we need to here's another stat that's kind of crazy from the just, wow. Centers to record a 15-15-15 game in NBA history. Jokic, Wilt Chamberlain and now Domas Sabonis. We need to get to a point where this isn't like, hey, Sabonis is playing well for the Kings, like this is he's good. No, no he's playing like one of the better players in the NBA. He's on your team. That's he's playing it. like one of the better players in the league. 
and he's in the prime of his career. He's playing like one of the better players in the league. He's making like $18 million a year. 26 years old. And he makes people better. De'Aaron Fox is a better player now because Domas Sabonis is on the team. It has helped De'Aaron go to a next level. It's helped make life easier for him that he's got some help. It's allowed Fox to learn from a guy like yes. him. Yes, yes. What, what this... What this has done to my mental health (laughs) is true. Like Uh, it is, I thought I had to go pay for therapy. No, I just need to watch Kings basketball. Did you ever think that you'd be saying that (laughs) it's that fun? It's, it's gives me that much life this season. It truly does. Not only because I love this city and I've loved this team since I was a child, but I love the shit out of the game. Deuce, you know how much I love basketball and that's why Obviously, every single offseason, Deuce and I talk so much NBA when we're not talking Kings because they don't usually make it in the postseason. And we have so much fun because we're talking about good basketball. How fun is it that we've been doing that to start this season and not waiting until May to talk about some good basketball? Yeah, and now, you know, as the second half starts coming up on Sunday in San Antonio against a bad Spurs team, you go, okay, you got you to gotta win that game. Mm-hmm. You play the Lakers and back home for OKC. And that could be a good night for the whole Fox all-star candidacy, candidacy thing because you're going up against SGA. That'll be fun, right? Yeah. But, yeah, you know, we're, we're to the point now where you're, you are more locked into what teams are doing around the NBA. Hey, who, did Dallas win? You know, oh, who, who won in the West? Uh, every time I watch a game, and this is weird to feel this way, when there's an East-West matchup, I'm like... Yeah, let's go East. Let's go. Let's go. I'm the biggest Eastern Conference fan. Uh, yeah, beat that team. Beat the Blazers. Uh-huh. The Blazers fall apart and trade Jeremy Grant to Sacramento. I know it's not going to happen, but like those are things that pop in my head. Yeah. No, I, I'm i right there. I'm right there with you. I think it was uh, Orlando that had beat the Warriors. I think it was the Warriors right before they were coming in to play Sacramento. And I remember at first it's like, uh-oh. Orlando getting their groove on, feeling good. And it was like, no, no, Orlando, get that win. BQ. And then lose in Sacramento. Uh, Senior Informo in the chant in the chat just reminded me of this. We have another huge Sacramento story today. The Global Magazine Forbes says Sacramento is the best place to live in California. Damn straight. Why is it? If you've ever argued that Sacramento is the best place to live in California, even better than San Francisco, LA, or San Diego, you now have data to back it up. Uh, In a ranking of the best places to live in California in 2023, Forbes advisor assessed metropolitan uh, areas in the state and graded them based on factors such as city size, diversity, crime rate, unemployment rate, and living costs. It also considered public transit activities and accessibility to healthcare. Sacramento made it to number one on their list of top 10. The other cities suck, says this person, because they don't have a beam that gets lit (laughs) after every single Kings game. Losers, you don't have a beam. Your city sucks. Sack town, baby. What's up? Uh, God, we're such (laughs) petty assholes. I love Sacramento. I do too. I'm, I know. I mean, obviously, we've loved Sacramento since living here all of our lives. And whenever 
there's people from the outside in the NBA trying to come in. Deuce and I are always trying to convince them like, no, Sacramento's the best. It's a city of trees. Everything's so great. And we're just always trying to convince everyone. Yep. And we always do. We always do. We show them three great places and they're like, oh shit, this place is great. Adrian, I know. Adrian in the chat wants to know, can I get a shout out? Sure. Shout out, Adrian. No. Oh. Uh, so I want to get to some first half numbers, Morgan. Okay. For 41 games. Sacramento is number one in scoring. Okay. And they're number three in offensive rating in the NBA. (laughs) They're number four in field goal percentage and they're 10th in three point percentage. They are, they also are uh, third in assists per game. Jeez. Wow. Is that one of the surprises of the first half that the Kings offense has been this good? Yes. I thought they could be a top five yes. offense before the season. I, I'm still surprised because here, here's why. It's not just the numbers that they're putting up. It's truly how they're playing to put up those numbers, right? It, I, I keep saying that because you're seeing such disciplined, good basketball, shot selection. There's accountability being held if you're just jacking up some shots, you know? Like, oh, sure, it can end up being an assist and you can um, – make those numbers good, but that's not what's happening here with the Sacramento Kings. Really good basketball is being played. The Kings are 25th in defensive rating that uh, through the first half, which is not good at all. Yeah, that Although, sucks. Although, we saw some better signs tonight, so that was encouraging. And again, I mean, some people will be pointing this out, but it was against the Houston Rockets. Sure, but it's still an NBA team, and when you have those solid responses in a second half of basketball and you make adjustments, that's what I truly look at for this team. It's like, oh, okay, you actually made changes to get better at what you were doing shitty at in that first half. So we talked about who is the most valuable person through the first half of the King season. 62% of the people say Sabonis. I think we all agree on that. Mm-hmm. He's been the MVP for the Kings in the first half. Um, biggest surprise I said was Sabonis, how good he's been. Do you have a big surprise? Would it be the offense? No, mine sure? was that, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. You said that. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I know. Oh, I did somebody up. forget? Oh, oh, wait, what are you writing down? No, no, <laughs> Is that a tally mark? What what's, what's been your favorite moment of the first half? Also, for you guys in the chat, favorite moment of the first half of the Kings season? Ooh, favorite moment? There's got to be one. Do you a have yours, thing? though? I, I think my favorite thing in the first half, the beam. Oh, It just brings something different yeah. to wins. It makes wins more special. I know, and I don't want to take yours, but I'm going to elaborate That's off fine. yours because it's so true. You guys... What the beam has brought, like not even to people that are in the arena, but the fact that people can go outside and be like, did the Kings win? Oh, yes. We're all brought together by a giant purple light shot up into the sky. Incredible. I, as you know, get coffee every single day. Every second of the day. Correct. Every dip once a day. Okay. Okay, I did twice today. (laughs) Shut up. But there was a day last week where someone was like, man, it's crazy. I, you know. The whole beam thing, like my I I watch basketball, but my family doesn't. They were in town and they just wanted to go see the beam. Yeah, and they went to a game and they had so much fun. They went to another game. Like they're obsessed now. I've met so many people now who are like, I'm I'm into this team. It's fun to watch the beam. It has literally brought people together. Also, like in just kind of going off of two and just community, I would say one of the more special things of the season as well has been people coming up to us at games and 
it's such a diverse crowd of people. So many different men and women coming up to us and, and telling us how much they have fun going straight to night chat after games and, you know, consuming our content and everything And that to selfish. me, selfish. this is no, a selfish and it, thing for I'm Morgan going, now. I'm going off of the beam though. That's why okay. it's not like the special thing of the season. I'm just saying community wise, this has been a really special season and not to say that the loser season last year wasn't <laughs> special because that was the grind, right? All the people that were there after every single loss. But this year it's like, we all get to really feel joy and celebrate good fun basketball together and we deserve it but it is so much more fun doing it together so thank you for that and making this season special um besides that though i guess i would say and this is also going to be corny to you mike brown has really made this season special for me okay and Why? i know it's not like we talk every day and like you know mike brown just makes me happy mike brown somehow came in here and just like started building a foundation, started setting a culture, it, and well, everyone bought in and followed behind. One of the first things he said that he wanted to, a, a team needs a soul. Yes. And, but you know how people, how many times coaches have come through and they've just said this oh, shit? For sure. And they drop the C word, cu culture. They <laughs> drop. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was going to say, what coaches are <laughs> they, saying that? They, they talk about culture, and it's like they just don't – it's like they're saying it, but they don't know how to get there. And it's been really cool seeing how Mike Brown has really brought this team together, but this organization together. And then you hear about how everyone loves each other's kids and everyone's families. And it's just not fluky. It's just so real. And that's how like a business and organization should be run. A team should be run. And I just feel so lucky that that it's happening here in Sacramento. I have two specific moments I want to bring up uh, for my favorite moments of the first half. Okay. I think another obvious one would be 153 points against the Nets on national TV. Oh. TNT game. Hell yeah. You don't get any TNT games. They're one nationally televised game because the Houston Rockets one got ripped away. I talked to someone close who said this stretch of games is pretty critical for the Kings to get more national TV love. Ooh. Which my pushback on that would be that's garbage. We are 41 games into the season. The Kings are the number one scoring team in the NBA. They may have two All-Stars, and you're telling me that before the All-Star game that they're not going to have more than one nationally televised game. The NBA has to do better, not just with Sacramento, but with other teams around the league to push fun basketball. Not everyone wants to see the Lakers play on national TV every night. That Lakers-Mavs game last night got close at the end. It was hideous. For a lot of it, bad officiating. That last two-minute report had six missed calls, seven. seven missed calls in that final two minutes and in the overtime. My point is, stop pushing the same. We don't need to see the Warriors on 25 times a year. Give the Kings a touch. Like, get, they, a touch. And, a touch. Oh, by the way, it's not that just the number one scoring team in the league and they could have two All-Stars. They have literally played more close games than any team in the NBA. It is a disservice, and people want to know, well, why don't they get more national TV, or why don't they get more love for all-star voting? Well, that's part of the reason, too, because the league doesn't do a good, good enough job at pushing the team, some of their young teams in the league that are exciting. They should be on national TV more, end of story. 
Nets game, one of my favorite moments. <laughs> and then the other one was the yeah. road game in Cleveland when they closed, oh. they closed on a 19-0 run in December. And that was, I believe, the debut of the defensive player of the game chain. What a comeback that was. What a special end of a game for them. And and I think the, that was one of those moments where we were testing. We were saying this is going to be a big test for the Kings, yeah. right? We've said that on a lot of different road trips and then on even on their home floor. But truly, it's because we didn't know what you could expect from this team yet. And then you saw that against a good team like the Cavs on the road, on their home floor, and they play well on their home floor. Fantastic special moment, yes. Also, good thing that the NBA decided to have the Suns on national TV twice this week with their G League team. Damn, deuce. I, like, come on, dude. Like, you flex games all the time. Give the Kings some love. Be better. Let's check in tonight with Manny. What's up, Manny? What's up, guys? Dude, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. Yeah. Let me let me give kudos to this organization real quick. Oh. Because it is not easy to put your ego to the side after picking somebody as high up and with such great potential as Tyrese. And right Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together there's all these different papers there's all these different forms what do you do you listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast yeah because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business how about for some time off after an nba season even that sounds amazing so you know what you need to do listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right away realizing after last season, like, look, this this might not work. Like, this, like we need to see what else we need to do. And making such a, at the time, unpopular move, right? A lot of people were sour on it, loved Tyrese, and rightfully so. But realizing that there had to be changes, and sometimes that's things that you have to do. And, and, and it's, I think we, we don't see that enough sometimes. We see some of our teams fall apart because they're not willing to make those moves or not willing to, like I said, put those egos to the side and say, look, man, we, he's a great player, but it's, it just was a mistake to a certain extent. And you go out and make all these moves and turn things around, and now here we are, right? And that was a very that that was very crucial in not only uh, in the here and now, but in moving forward and getting other players around the league to see how serious Sacramento is and getting free agents and continuing continuing to draft 
you know, great. Like all the all that stuff is connected, and I got to give kudos to him because even I sat there at that time and was like, mm, "What are you guys doing? I don't know if this is gonna work." Like, yeah, here we are. And I think too, it's like one of those things that shows that they're willing to to take chances, to sacrifice good for good, understanding like that's what you have to do in this league. But how you do that is by drafting well and by drafting Tyrese Halliburton in the first place led to a piece as dominant as DeMontis Sabonis. So I am so glad that we're seeing these things just from the outside, like, okay, it's working. Things are going Uh well. And I know it's still one of those things where years from now we can look at Tyrese and his game and be like, oh, shit, wish he was back on the Kings. But it's great that we're also getting that instant impact from that trade. Yeah, and right now it does look like a win for both sides. Right. The Pacers have been dramatically better this year. They lo- it exceeded yeah. their expectations, and the Kings, I think, are way better than most anticipated, and that's in large part because of Sabonis. Both of those guys are likely to be all-stars this year. It's rare when you get NBA trades like that, and I think people get weirded out. Like The Kings mm-hmm. got crushed for the trade. They absolutely got crushed for a ton of reasons, and hell, some of those people that crushed them could be right in three years if Sabonis is playing for the Lakers or something. Ugh. But I just, you know, I think Sabonis just... I, one of my favorite things about him is I slobber over him for the seventh time tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy's just a basketball player. You know, like that He's guy, a hooper. the guy just goes out there and he plays his ass off. When your best guy plays that way, he doesn't care about anything else. Dude, it's, and you know what's wild is he's so much similar to his dad. Like, we saw his dad at the tail end of his career. Some people here watching us don't even remember his dad playing. But when Arvidas Sabonis came to the NBA with Portland, he was at the tail end, right? But, God, he was good. If you saw the videos of that dude in his prime, oh, yeah, he was a player. But Sabonis, he's not as big as his dad. His dad's a giant. He's got the biggest head I've ever Uh -uh. seen. But, (laughs) like, it is just the similarities are pretty eerie. And Sabonis is just such a skilled player he wants to he wants to make the right play he wants to make sure his guys are doing the right thing and he rewards them dude like it i love it i love the guy let me make a remark a little real quick about uh the whole national thing and like you know the west coast games i'm gonna tell you as a as a person that lived in chicago at the time when the weber you know jason williams teams came around and being, you know, in Chicago, I remember coming home and I catch these late games because I'm a basketball fiend. So, and you would hear these stories and you start watching them and they get on TV more. And the reason that everybody fell in love with them outside of Sacramento and not all my friends, we always talked about Sacramento at that time was um, because they were so fun to watch because, you know, you had, white chocolate doing white chocolate things and Weber and just watching the smiles and they all look like they loved playing with each other with Divac and being the glue. And I can tell you from seeing that from the outside and now being here, this team is that like, I'm not going to say, I'm not comparing them as what type of team they are, but seeing them. um, Weber is Sabonis. Jason Williams is a Fox. Like you see that joy. They're the joy. 
the people that stay up late to watch those games are people that are basketball fanatics that love to see not only teams that get along or you know run down the court, but it's about seeing the joy of that team play together. That what's that's what makes you as a basketball fan and someone that played basketball before want to watch teams like that. This is what this team is, and I've said this before to you guys. I don't even like my own team. <laughs> like, it's hard. It is hard for me to sit there and watch the Bulls even when they're winning. They don't look enjoyable. They don't. I don't even think half of them get along half the time, um, and it's hard to watch. I would stay up till one in the morning to catch a Kings game the way they play. Like wow. it is so awesome to see. Like I try not, and of course I'm here now. But like, if I was in Chicago right now, I would literally be like, I'd go get. I would go get. NBA TV just so I could watch them. I'd find oh, some yeah. way to watch it because that's how exciting it is to watch this team. Manny, I always appreciate your enthusiasm and perspective, man. Thanks for checking in, dude. Love you guys. See you later. See ya. Best, Manny. I love that. And I feel I I feel him on so many levels with just like people enjoy watching other people have fun. Like think about one of the best podcasts that we enjoy, Bad Friends. Oh. Oh, they, uh, the Deuce and Mo podcast. podcast, yes, but also Bad Friends. Yes. And they have, they just have so much fun, right? And when you're watching people enjoy what they do, you enjoy it as well. Like, it's just so contagious. And I just love when basketball teams are having fun together. Let's give some love, people, late as we approach the midnight hour. It's about to be Saturday. You guys are here watching us live, hanging out, talking some Kings. We can sprinkle in some NBA, too. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure to subscribe. Let's keep it moving. Also, let's uh, check in next with our buddy, Nick. What is up, Nick? Hi, Morgan and Deuce. Okay, Nick, I don't know how many times we have to do this, but talk into your phone. You, It's muffled. Hi, Morgan. <laughs> Nick, move your closer. hand. Move your hand from the phone. There you go. How are you? Good. Wow, Nick. you sound great now. We can see your whole face, Nick. Did you watch the Kings tonight? Yes, I did. Why not light the beam? Why, Why not, not light, light the beam? beam? Great. What did you like about the game? Well, um, I did not like the technical fouls or the ejections. Ooh. They should have gotten a technical foul and moved on. Yeah. Not ejection. There you go. I like it. That Nick. was a little. Too, that was a little too much for the refs. Yeah, they were just um, a little out of control. We should have given the refs some technicals and ejected their asses, huh? Yes, because that was a little too much. Nick, I love that the first thing you mentioned tonight after a win where your team puts up 139 points is the refs. Why not beat the Rockets? <laughs> Why, Why not, not beat the garbage team? Yeah, oh. you just said it. You're calling them garbage. So you got it. So the next... So I think you should put the song on Fire the Laser. Fire the Laser. Okay, okay. we've we've already done that tonight. But anything though, for you, Nick. Hold on. Arm the laser. Army the laser. Begin laser ignition. Fire the laser. There you go. Yeah, I like that. Okay. <laughs> anything for hey, you, Nick. So what? Hey, so you go to San Antonio next. Okay. And if I coach. And I'm coaching the locker room. I'm going to tell my team to go out there and play more defense and win that game. Every time. Why not go? Why not go the road? Beat San Antonio. Why not beat the Lakers? Ooh, what about beating OKC? Why not beat OKC? Why not win the rest of your games? 
Why not? Let's go, Nick. Love it, Nick. The Nick. best outlook. Nick, you want to go to the playoffs, don't you? Yes, I. Why not go to the playoffs? Why not? How old were you the last time the Kings made the playoffs in two thousand six? Gosh, I can't remember. Yeah, that's okay. It's a long time ago. Yeah. How, wait, how old are you now? Thirty years old. Thirty. Oh my God, little Nick. Little Nick was thirteen. Oh. Nick was thirteen. He was like six seven at the time. He's you know I, people don't know Nick is actually seven two. He's huge. <laughs> All right, Nick. Uh, sleep dreams. Tomorrow I have Special Olympics practice. All right, go get rest. Get, get, get rest. rest get and ready. have fun, okay? Right. Yes, why not? Why not? Sleep right. dreams, right. Nick. Sleep dreams, Nick. Oh, we didn't get our sleep dreams, Susamo. Morgan, sometimes you have to keep the pace moving, you know? Well, I mean, you know if I said sleep dreams, he was going to go on for another two and a half. He was going to tell us about practice. CJ, Correct. what's up, CJ? What's up, Susamo? What's up, How's man? it going? Good. How are you? Good. So good. What would would you like about the game tonight? Uh, honestly, everything. I like the the defensive effort, and I like uh, when we scrap with Garrison Matthews. How no one backed down. Yes. Uh, I remember last year we we were talking about uh, on the podcast, or you guys were talking about how you know we need more dogs on our on our team, and uh, uh, Malik Monk not backing down, and everyone getting his back. Uh, it was just a really nice thing to see. So I was pretty hyped about that. You don't need that. I didn't look at it like that, but now kind of just taking a step back and um, really having that perspective. Yeah, it is nice to see. Like everyone, nobody wanted to be dirty and make the wrong move and like punch someone in the face for no reason just because Matthews is a bum, but they wanted mm -hmm. to just make sure they had Malik Monk's back. Yeah, for sure. And I thought, you know, I mean, I mean, Last year, there would be like nine-game losing streaks. Uh, players would get knocked down, and uh, these teammates teammates wouldn't be there to pick them up, you know. So um, seeing that just shows how close this team is. So I think that was a pretty dope thing to see. CJ, as we, we're, at the we're at the first half point of the season now. Uh, 41 games in, 41 to go. Who's your, do mm -hmm. who's your dog of the first half? I know, I know CJ's got some dogs. <laughs> some dog? Oh, you asking me about a dog? <laughs> you, you have some dogs uh, or what? Yeah, I think my dog is a. I have to go with Mike Brown. Honestly, oh, we have ah! the same monsters. Like that? Yeah, it it has to be Mike Brown. If we have the same roster, uh, any other coach, I don't know if we'd be playing this good right now. Yeah, I mean, good. yeah, it's not as simple as that. Truly, it is. So I I'm with you for sure. And I just wanted to say too, like. You know, looking at our schedule to, through January and looking at the Pelican schedule in front of us with Zion and B.I. being out, I honestly feel, I honestly feel like we could reach the third seed. Okay. Oh. We'll see. We'll oh. see. The Zion, the, yeah. yeah, the Ingram injury, it's lingered for a long time now. And then with Zion, you know, those injuries aren't easy to deal with, right? The hamstring, isn't it the hamstring he's dealing with? Uh, I forget if that, or the groin, maybe the hamstring, you could be, you're probably right. I have to look it up, yeah, CJ. It's going to be annoying. <sighs> yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I yeah right hamstring. Happen, yeah, so at least the next three weeks, so more, he's got a few more weeks to go, or a couple more weeks at least to go. All right, uh, CJ, thanks for checking in, dude. I uh, appreciate it, y'all. Right, Take bye. care. Yeah. It's dog. Not going to be, definitely not going to 
be easy, but look, I, I'm more confident now than I have ever been in the fact that I think they could be more than a play-in team, and that's exciting. Uh, what's up, Loyal Sack Kings fan? Hey, Jason. Hey, what's up? I met Loyal Sack Kings fan at the last Kings game. No way. Yes. said, what's up to me? Oh. Met, met his little brother, too. What's up, man? Um... I just, you know, we started like 0 4, and the fact that we've won 23 games in 41 uh, in the middle of the season is it's just like it's kind of crazy because when we started 0 4, I almost thought like it was going to be one another one of those seasons where we're just super bad again. I don't know about you guys, but it just felt really bad. But now that we're super good, and it just feels amazing. <laughs> it's I love just that. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think 0 4. I felt like they were competitive. I felt like they were in the games, and I felt like they were together. But it was definitely a pivotal time. You're like, all right, 0-4 is one thing, but you can't go 0-5. You keep, this could be a bad tailspin, and they recovered. I think one of the toughest things, too, is I wanted to talk major shit to a friend about De'Aaron Fox be playing so well, but they weren't winning, right? So it so he's playing well, but it wasn't translating into these wins, and I didn't know what to expect going forward and the fact that it was competitive basketball that then started to translate into more and more w's as this season has continued i think has been one of the more positive things and something i didn't know really what to expect going into this season yeah it was almost like uh, fox had to have that like 50 point game for us to win by like one or something like that <laughs> and I did, that's something I didn't want to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it, man. This is like yeah. I just remember when I was your age. What you're 13 now or 12 still? Almost 13. Almost 13. God, man. When I was 12 years old and Jay Will was dropping dimes left and right, yeah. exciting basketball. The joy and pride yeah. I felt as a little kid. Yeah. Is crazy. When you go to school, you're talking about the Kings. You feel and stuff. connected, dude. And this is what he's feeling right now. I know. Now. I'm so happy for you, Loyal Sack Kings fan. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon, all right? All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. I think that's cool. No, I, I, I'm so that. with you. And that he gets to go to school and feel proud, too. It's You're not the, the laughing stock of your class. What's up, Liz? What is going on tonight, guys? You, you pop hey. some popcorn tonight? No, I'm actually, I ate some hot Cheetos. Probably not the healthiest, hey, but. <laughs> it's Friday and your team so just good. won. Let's go. Yeah. I've been working out every day, so I guess I deserve a little bit of a, Hell a yeah. junk treat, I guess. Good for you. Good for <laughs> you, man. What do you think of the game? Um, It was fun. I mean, I just love the energy in the building. Um, Just, I mean, a fun atmosphere. I love just, like, the points they're scoring is just crazy. Like, I, w I was watching the um, Dallas Mavericks and Lakers game last night, and like it took him double OT just to score. We scored just a you know regular time. So it's just so much fun to watch this team. Just like the shooting is fun. Um, I just feel like they're out there having so much fun, and it makes obviously like the fans enjoy it too. So it's super nice watching uh, you know fun basketball. Yeah, I, I, obviously it's nice when their shots are falling yeah. and no of course <laughs> you know and it's like those those nights are great. But what I do love is that we've seen them capable of being good at other things if that's not happening you know it doesn't dictate their entire energy their entire identity 
every single game. There has been games where it's been noticeable, but that's fine. That's just, you know, the NBA. Exactly. And shout out to Harrison Barnes, too. I mean, he's just been killing it. Like, he just, this past 20 games, he's just been putting something together. And he's hitting his shots, obviously, but just the way he drives to the basket and gets, you know, to the free throw line. I mean, he's just such a, like, savvy veteran. Yep. I mean, it's such it's so nice to have him on the, the team. So, I mean, it's going to be tough whether what what they do with him in the off season, whether they extend him or, you know, he, he goes away, but I mean, it's just fun. So I just love that, you know, like, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but I mean, if this team makes the playoffs, like it's going to be so special, um, obviously for the team, but the city as well. So it's just, it's fun, fun watching basketball right now. Yeah. Let's hope for some good things in the second half for sure. Well, exactly. Uh, well, we were talking, sorry. Uh, uh, we were talking to the spaces last night and everyone was, you know, talking about trades. And I was just saying like, guys, just enjoy this right now. Yeah. Like we were watching some fun basketball. Like I get it. Like, you know, we want, to make his team better in ways, but, and we know what, you know, needs to be done, but just enjoy it. And I have a feeling Monty will do what he needs to do, but like, they're still winning. If they were losing, I would understand the trade talk a little more, but it's like, just enjoy it guys. We're winning. Like it's fun basketball. Everyone's having a blast, you know? So I just, yeah. When you win, just enjoy it. Yeah. I'm with you. I, yeah. And I, I think you do have to be careful at the deadline because one, there's so many buyers, as we talked about. There's so many people who want to make deals. So you don't want to get caught in something where you you overpay like crazy to get a guy that doesn't take you legitimately to that next level. You have to be careful, right? Because I think they can make the playoffs with this team. Now, are they going to go far? I think they probably need maybe a minor tweak. Yeah. Some additions here to, yeah. to really be competitive. You can still do something next year, too. I just want to make the right move. And I know there's so many names being thrown out there, like Kyle Kuzma is available. He's also a free agent in the offseason, right? Um, John Collins' mm -hmm. name keeps getting brought up, too. And The Athletic wrote a piece of t today about their front office, which is a complete mess. It is Shit a mess. Show. Yeah. And one well, of the these... asking price I saw that they said, you know, they said like it was in the ballpark of a, you know, the Rudy Gobert trade. And I was like, I mean, that's a joke. If they're really thinking they're going to get something like that. Oh, yeah. For John, for Collins. John Collins. Yeah. You know, exactly. It, but it, today in the athletic Sam's piece said had something a little different saying after all these years of John Collins trade rumors, execs who have spoken to the Hawks about acquiring the veteran four recently have indicated that the asking price has understandably declined significantly this time mm. around. Uh, he said, as I detailed in my recent conversation with Collins, the combination of his large contract and his declined production is hardly helpful in, in terms of his modern-day value. In some scenarios, the Hawks are merely asking for a quality player in return and not a first-round pick, according to a league source. So it's declined. But okay. I, I have some concerns about John Collins and his impact this year. I know some people... I would, too. And, and the biggest thing is, and I'm going to show on the screen right now, yeah. He's got a finger thing, okay? It, he injured his finger last year. I don't think it looks as bad as it does right now, but he has a finger. What is that? Uh, it's disgusting, and I, I it has a specific name, and I don't know it right this second, but his finger is really messed up. Balloon and finger? That's what it kind of looks like. And yeah. you're going, okay, but he's still playing. He is, and he had a game-winning tip-in tonight the Hawks after Trey Young took a hideous shot with six seconds to go from the logo. Yeah. Awful. But my concern, I think my reserve. Oh, sorry. No, my concern is the shooting numbers have drastically declined this year. And this is something that, you know, he's been a pretty efficient outside shooter since the finger injury. He has not been able to shoot from three. 
He's shooting 23% from three. I I feel like he should have done something with that finger during the offseason if he needs some assistance. Cut it <laughs> off and make things better. Yes, I agree, Deuce. <laughs> no, but Liz, what were you going to say, too, about like how you felt about, I mean, John Collins still, even after hearing all that? Well, just the reserve, too, I would have is their locker room culture. I mean, and obviously the reports of it being like a little toxic, you know, between him and Trey Young and things like that. Like, I would be worried of bringing something over like that over here. Um, you know what I mean? Because we don't want that in our locker room. Like, they're trying to establish the positive culture. So I'd be a little weary of having something, I'll you know. T- I'll tell you this. Uh, I'll tell you that I've heard before from other people inside the NBA talking about how nice of a human john collins is yeah kevin herter said the same thing on yes the low post podcast yes and that too and it's like he's gotten this bad reputation when all he does is like smile at people and actually just isn't combative with all of these rumors that go around instead he just lets them flow kind of roll them off his shoulder and tries to continue to play but it was nice hearing kevin herter even talk about it like it's bullshit and i i think he could help the kings if healthy i his other the other thing about his numbers that should be noted i think it's hard to play with trey young i do and i think that could be a challenge at times it's been a messy situation not only with the front office Young and McMillan have had issues. John Collins has had trade talks hanging over his head for the better part of like two plus years yes. now. Yes. There's just a lot going on. You know, DeJounte Murray yeah, that's hasn't be been. Tough. I th- so I, I think that is that could hurt your game a little bit too. So he's battling through a finger thing. Um, I mean, I keep an eye on it for sure. But um, yeah. Well, and yeah. I think too, yeah, with Trey Young, like you guys make that point, is he so ball dominant? You know what I mean? It's like, with this team, you know, we have so much passing. He definitely would be an upgrade in most areas. But, um, yeah, with the injury, that would be a little hesitant. But, I mean, I just – it's a matter of, like, who would we trade for him kind of thing if they want, you right, know, right. a valuable player back for him. Like, Trey Lyles, it would be so hard to let him go because I just think he's been so, uh, you know, such a key piece for this team right now. Um, so, it's like, who else would you be able to move? Like, I don't think they'd want a Rashawn Holmes or anything like that. So, yeah, just be it'd be interesting. I'm excited for the trade deadline, you know, not only for the Kings, but just for every other team because it's fun to watch, you know, all the wash bombs drop. Right. Yeah. And um, the other thing, too, yeah. is you'd probably have to move a larger salary in that deal. And that would probably mean moving Harrison Barnes. You know, is that yeah. worth doing that? You know, that's the other thing you have to think of. And Barnes has been really good, especially as of late. And I think he's important to this team. So, well, uh, enjoy those hot Cheetos and uh, good checking in with you. Hey, thank you. You guys, too. Have a good night. Right, Bye. We'll see you. Yeah, very interesting. God, that finger is so foul. So disgusting. You and you, it's still not right. It doesn't yeah. look as crazy as those yeah. photos anymore, but it's still not right. And I, there, there's zero doubt in my mind that's impacting a shot. The guy has you, been an efficient three-point shooter for his pretty much his entire career, and now he's shooting 23%. You guys, think about that's what weird. it does through the strength of your hand yep. even. Yeah, no, no. Um, let's go and check in with Fox Force 5. What's up, Fox Force 5? What's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, man. Have we talked hey, to you yeah. before? How's it going? Good, man. Is this our first time talking to you? Yeah, first. Nice, man. Hell yeah. Well, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, I've been listening to the show for a while now, actually. Uh, Mo sent me a shirt a while back, back when you guys had your old logo. Nice. Oh, that, that this is like two years ago now, I think. So, oh my Sweet. god, super OG. 
Yeah, thank you for that. Of but, course. Um, yeah, what I really wanted to talk about, honestly, and I think you guys touched on it like earlier in the uh, in the show, was um, just guys like staying ready. I think like with the rotations that we've had, especially off the bench, like a KZ hasn't had consistent, like he's been like in and out, right? Trey Lyles in and out just throughout the entire season. Terrence Davis in and out tonight, 22 points. And then um, who is the last guy? I forgot the last guy I was going to mention, but just guys like staying ready. I think that's just a testament to like Mike Brown, keeping these guys ready and like letting them know that like, if you play well, like you're going to get minutes. I think it's easy for players that like don't get consistent minutes to like lose interest. And it just seems like these guys are not losing interest. Like they're almost just locked in. Even if they're going to get DNPs like game after game, like to see Terrence Davis come in tonight and have the game that he had. I know it's the Rockets and I know it's like just one game out of a season, but like the guys just seem so locked in. It's nice to see. It's it's a great point too, Deuce, because like even when we were going back and watching everything, looking at the sideline, Rashawn Holmes is just standing up I cheering for his thing. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that was cool. And the other guy you're probably thinking of is Chemeze Metsu. And, you know, he was in and out of the rotation and back in. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a credit to the players because, one, the players have to have the right attitude. But, yeah, the coaching staff making sure respect that they are communicating in yeah. a way and setting a standard and like, hey, this is what you have to do to play. And if you do this, you will play. And trust. if you don't, you won't play. It's trust. It's also not just like it's probably treating them like human beings, That's, right? Yes. You're not just it's not fantasy basketball. This guy sucks. Bench done. Don't look at him. We don't play him. Cut. Like, no, these these are people and they go through th- things through a season. You know, they're some guys make the same mistake over and over again. Some guys go through personal things and having the right coaching staff and support system and leadership within a locker room to keep everyone engaged is not easy to do throughout an NBA season. So it's a huge credit to all those guys involved for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think the player that like, and yeah, Metu was a guy that I missed, but he like, to me sticks out the most just because I feel like his play style has changed completely. And I think his mentality as a player somewhat has changed because like, I remember a time where Metu was like jacking up threes or like taking like fade away mid range shots that like, weren't really like his strong suits but like now you see him as being like a rim runner rolling to the basket he's a lob threat he's grabbing rebounds and like you can see his minutes increasing just because of it hey that that point is exactly it they were playing him a lot stretch four last year and you know what the king's mindset was last year if you're open just shoot it doesn't matter oh yeah just shoot the ball yeah everyone just do your thing because freedom's fun right it's like no there's definitely freedom. Structured but freedom. Yeah let's, is yeah, let's run the offense. Let's get good looks. Hey, Chemeze, you're not a great three-point shooter. We don't need you taking seven a game. We want you to take on them, take them sometimes when they're the great shot and you're working on it. But what are your strengths? Let's put you at the five, rim run, be in the dunker and spot. And it's also not good for his development as a player, it, as, as any basketball player. Like, if you're having the right coaching staff, and mentors and basketball minds around you, you're going to learn how to play basketball the right way, the best way. Um, and I feel like the word I always use for Chemeze Metu is disciplined. And I think he's played so much more disciplined basketball since Mike Brown has been around because Mike Brown and his coaching staff holds guys accountable. And that is so very important. 
Yeah, no, definitely agree. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Have a good night. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank thanks you. for checking in. Man, let's give some love. Yeah, what's the love? We need to get some love to people oh my God, still with guys. us. We are on Saturday morning now. It is after midnight. We're hanging out tonight talking hoops. Oh, it's so fun. It is so fun. Thank you, guys. This is awesome. Even young Jamie is up past, well past his bedtime. Whoa, Jamie. Jamie, you are, how are you up this late? Oh, I just stayed up to talk to you guys. Are you, are you like, are you going to get in trouble? No. I've stayed up to like six in the morning before. Damn, Jamie, don't touch. I was going to say don't do that, but remember those days, Morgan, where you just try to stay up super late? No, both of you. No, I never did. I never stayed up. Super late. I, On a weekend I, in the I, summertime, you did not stay up late. Like midnight was late. I'm, Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. You never uh, stay up to like four or five sometimes? I, Sleepovers? May, maybe at a sleepover, maybe. Yeah. But uh are you at your grandma's tonight? You're not getting yelled at or anything. The chat was concerned. No, I'm, at my, I'm at my I'm at my parents' house too. Okay. 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 All right. So uh what's going on, man? Nothing much. Uh me and my dad, we were watching like he, he just screamed to me when, uh, when like the thing happened with Matthews and uh, Monk and uh, and then I was really shocked why uh, Matthew got ejected. I yeah. mean, yeah, he might have said a couple words, but I mean, he just pointed at the guy. I mean, obviously yeah. we don't know what was said, but um, yeah, yeah, it was it was just one of those weird scuffles, right? And you saw Matthews come up in his face, um. The disrespect was real. It's just like, calm down. Nothing's that serious. No one threw each other down. Matthews lowered a shoulder and then ended up being the one that got mad. So it was just weird. Yeah, I don't like that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think a lot of people like that guy tonight. Uh, I'm excited for uh, Saturday, though. Saturday's going to be a lot of fun. It is Saturday now. You're, we're just hours oh, away. Are you, are you talking about uh, being hours away from seeing Brock Purdy wet the bed against the Seahawks? I hope that happens. Wow. Are you a Seahawks fan? No, I'm a Jacks fan. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's big for you, man. I was trying to go at you because like, I thought you were a Niners fan, but you're right. You're a Jacksonville fan. Yeah, and what the yeah, hell is that? I'm excited for tomorrow. No, honestly, I am excited to see the Niners play. Uh <laughs> It's going to be weird, though. I mean, it's it's going to be nasty. Rain and wind. Oh, Santa Clara. Yeah. I wonder how I wonder how Purdy's going to do with... I wonder how Purdy's going to play tomorrow. That'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Uh, w- w- one more thing before I let you go. What has been your favorite moment of the first half of the Kings season? Um, well, I have, a lot, I have uh, the seven-game win streak. Oh, okay. Um, I... I was at the I was at my baseball tournament when this happened, and me and my dad were watching on his phone. But the Fox game winner against Orlando—that's mm. a good one. That's a that great. Was, one. That was crazy. Yeah. I know that was really fun. And um, opening night, I wasn't there, but my dad and my brothers were there. And like, right when I, right when I started watching that game, I just knew that this team was different. Even though at first it didn't look like it with the zero and four start, but I just knew from the start that this team was different. Well, enjoy the ride, Jamie. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. Bye, Jamie. There's Jamie. Love it. He's calling Morgan. Bag says, this is the only stream I encounter 12-year-old callers. Why is that? (laughs) We 
because attract the young crowd too. It's everybody. We it, this yeah. is a big community we got here. Kids We've, like basketball, and that's what's cool. Is like for years, kids are liking the Warriors because they've been so good. Yeah. So it's good to see. By the way, the jacket is now changed to orange. That's weird. That is weird. Yeah. No. And I. I. I don't know. I think. I think. Hopefully, we are inviting and and can attract like all age groups and um, men and women to our chats because it's just a fun, good time. Yeah. It's not like we say anything super bad either. I mean. What? How many times have you dropped an F-bomb this year? No, you dropped F-bombs. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How many people, I mean, how many, w- 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 which is higher? Your F-bombs on the podcast or, or Sabonis hit in the face this year? Oh, Sabonis hit in the face 100%. Okay. And you know that. Okay. You even said it's on average like three per game. And if you go back and look at per um, podcast, I'm not averaging three F-bombs per podcast. So there you go. Data shows him hit in the face. You're welcome. Hi, Brent. Hey, Brent. Welcome in. What up, Brent? Hey, hey what's good, guys? What is um, up, man? Thanks. Dude, I'm I'm stoked right now. Um, really, really excited off that back to back rocket beat down. I think this is actually my first time uh tuning in to your guys' show, but uh been been a long time fan. Douche, you might remember me. I was uh you're walking Carlin one day and I was running uh, at McKinley with one of my homies and I was just like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I was like, bro, hell yeah, like what's good so wait um, just to be clear this is not the first time you've listened you, you said this is the first time you've tuned in oh sorry right? sorry first time i've actually been able to to oh, call in okay. and get called on okay. my bad Aww. my bad all right my i bad. was i was deeply offended for a second but no uh no i do remember running into you that was really funny i was worried <laughs> carlin yeah. carlin was gonna attack you if you got a little too close you know, the way. Oh, my god hell yeah um but first first before we talk about the game i had to give a quick shout out uh, to, to one of my other homies who I put onto your guys' show uh, a while back. Uh, we, we just celebrated his birthday in Austin, and we rolled eight deep full Kings gear bars for three days straight and just headbands, Kings gear, <laughs> and we, we had that beam lit uh, the entire time. So had to give that quick shout-out. Love first. it. Um, Amazing. What, what jersey were you rocking? Uh, so I was rocking like an off-made T-shirt. Um, and like a purple headband. And then we had like, we had cousins jerseys, Fox jerseys, uh, Sabonis jerseys, like the, gr- the gray and perp. Okay. Um, so n- yeah, we had the gray and perp team edition. I yeah, was, we, we were dripped out. I don't know why. I thought you might have been like a guy that would rock like a Quincy Doobie jersey or like a <laughs> shout out Andres Nocioni, you know, like, hey. Oh. I- Oh, you already know, bro. I would have, yeah, I would have came through with like a a, a Catino Mobley jersey oh, or something real quick. The cat, the cat, yeah. You already know, you already know, bro. But um, hey, so I had to give a quick rundown. I was uh before I tuned in, I was watching the Trista Crick uh, show. Uh, shout out Trista Crick, warm me up on that beam. Um, but I I wanted to ask y'all real quick. Um, she was towards the end of it. She was kind of giving a breakdown, saying like, oh yeah, like you know, the Kings are worried, you know, they're worried. The, the Warriors, they're, they're kind of underperforming the Clippers. They're on that losing streak, you know, kind of being in and out with Kawhi and, and Paul George, things like that. So a lot of obviously the teams 
that we expected to be a bit higher are now, you know, lower. But for me, I'm like, dude, we're like outperforming all expectations. So I'm like, I'm riding this high, I'm riding this beam for as far as it can shoot. And like, you know, I'm just stoked. But I want to ask you guys, you know, are we in a situation where we're worried about that? Or I mean, are we, you know, I really feel like we're a good team, to be honest. I I really do. I'm not worried about my expectations this year. were like, all right, can we win like 41 to 44 games? Be a play in team. Like, that'd be great. And they've exceeded that. And I don't, I'm not really worried about anything. I think they have a shot at the top six now, and that's a great thing. Yeah, will the Warriors make some sort of run? Yeah, it's very possible. But the Warriors are so flawed, too. Like, I, I think there was this belief that when Steph went down, they won those few games without him and Wiggins. Like, oh, God, just wait till he, he Steph gets back. <laughs> it's it's over. And then they got they lost their first game with Steph back. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got They've got flaws, too. You know, and Agreed. I know the, the defending yeah. champs, but I think my question marks with that team is, okay, who's going to be the guys that step up for them? I know what Steph's going to bring every night. I think Wiggins is pretty good. Clay's had some really good moments this year. Draymond, but I think it's the others that you worry about. Like, okay, last year you had GP2. That was so big for them. Otto Porter had some nice moments, right? Looney had some nice moments for them. Bielitsa had some nice moments in the finals. Those are some question marks, and they. I think they hope a hey, Divincenzo can do that. Anthony Lamb showed some signs. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. You know, can they get something out of Kaminga, or is there anything they could do at the trade deadline? My whole point is they have flaws too. Um, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Yeah, honestly, I I couldn't agree more. I think I, when I heard that, I was like, Nah, we ain't worried, man. I'm like, we're 41 games in. You know, we're warm up, warming up on that beam. Like, honestly, I'm feeling good right now. Like, the vibes are high. So, I wasn't too worried. But when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, that's an interesting take, interesting perspective on things. I mean, also, too, earlier, um, I forgot who called in, but uh, she was mentioning, and I think you guys were going back and forth on the John, John Collins talks. You know, to be honest, right now, I, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, like, I think any disruptions to the chemistry that we're we've been kind of building on, I feel like is sort of like going to do more harm than good at this point, unless, you know, there is that deal out there that Monty just can't pass up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's one of those things too. You don't want to overpay for anything right now when you could possibly wait, you know, and especially, especially are they banking on something like Harrison Barnes being a free agent and wanting to be back in Sacramento because he's not getting the price tag in other places around the league and loves his life, you know, family oriented life here in Sacramento. I, you you just don't know if those situations, what they know inside the organization, if that's the direction that they're going in, but at the same time, too, you don't want to lose him for any for nothing. So I get you're in a little bit of a pickle. Well, hey, Brent, thanks uh, for checking in for the first time, man. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. We'll Have a you. good night. All right. He was feeling good, huh? Yeah, he was. Uh, let's do our weekly. Hey, let's take a look at the standings for a second, huh? Oh, is that what that was? No, because he was bringing up the Golden State Warriors and, you know, where they are. And, I, you know, I'm not dismissing Golden State. They're... They have legit talent. They just won the championship last year. 
But as I look at the Western Conference and where the Kings are, they're number four right now at the halfway point at 23 and 18. Mm -hmm. Ahead of them, Denver, number one. Memphis is a half game behind Denver at number two. The New Orleans is three and a half back of Denver at number three. They're dealing with no Ingram, no No Zion. Zion. CJ's been really good. Mm -hmm. Najee Marshall has been really good for them, too. Um, Dallas is at the fifth spot. They're 24 and 19 after beating the Lakers. The sixth spot is at 500. It's the Clippers at 20, 20, 22 and 22. The Warriors are right there at seventh at 21 and 21. Then Utah, a game below in the eighth spot. Minnesota, a game below in the ninth spot. And Phoenix, complete mess right now. Two games below 500 in the 10th spot. Then you got OKC, Portland. Portland's all the way at 12th now. The Lakers, 13th, Spurs, and Rockets. I'm not, who are you scared of behind there? Golden State? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll grant you that. I'm not scared of the Clippers because they've got to prove it to me. They've got to prove that Kawhi and Paul George can be healthy and stay on the floor. I'm not can I be, scared of Can them. I be honest where, well, okay. Yeah. I, okay. Dallas doesn't skip. I guess. I guess when I look at like matchup situations, I'm not talking about yeah, matchups see, right now. I'm talking about like, oh man, are the Kings are at the four spot? What type of team are they going to draw? Like, can, do you see a scenario where the Kings are not in the play-in? I no, no. I see them in the play-in no matter what at this right. point, which is insane because and, I was yeah. And not. you look at the teams right there on this yeah. list, and yes, we know things can change, injuries can happen. You can see a pathway. For them to be in the top six. Uh, yeah. They're- yeah. It's hard. It's it's hard to envision that. Like even where I see when I look at Portland in um Los Angeles, and when they have the type of weapons that they do have on their team, plus the parity in this league, yeah. and we're halfway through the season, is why I don't I don't just jump to well, shit, this is what it's going to be the rest of the season. I'm just not there yet. Although I think the Kings have absolutely proven that they are a good team in this league. W- what does that mean for some of these other teams? Changes that might happen, not even necessarily in the Western Conference. I just think sometimes uh, with changes happening at the trade deadline, I'm more talking about like players stepping up teams figuring it out in the second half. Like we, we always talk about the Celtics last year and how bad they were in that um, first half of basketball, even I think just all the way till December until the new year and then are in the finals, you know, at the end of the season. So you just don't know what jumps, but I don't think it's too crazy to be like talking about the Kings like this. No, I don't think it is. And I'm with you. I'm not totally out in Portland yet. They've lost five in a row. So I think it's easy to be like, Oh, I'm out on them. Um, I think one area I'd point to is they've only played 17 games at home, right? Ah, okay. They're going to be at home a lot. But on the flip side, they're only nine and eight at home. Okay. So, you know, Dame has missed some time this year. Jeremy Grant has played at such a high level for them Mm -hmm. this year. Um, But they're sitting at 19 and 22. And for the Lakers, I think from a good standpoint, Thomas Bryant has been really good without AD. I still think they've kind of got the same problems, right? It's LeBron is going to give you what he does. Westbrook's going to have some good nights. He's going to have some nights where you're just like, what the hell's going on? And Anthony Davis is not in the lineup. 
So and that's that's the thing with AD. How many times have we tried saying like, if healthy, if healthy, this is this is his identity as a player. He doesn't he can't stay on the floor. It doesn't mean that he's an extremely amazing talent when he is out there on the floor. Um, but you can also you're allowed to criticize his availability to yeah. be out there. So I, I said before the season, I feel like the difference, I, I, I don't know the exact quote, but I didn't feel like the difference between like four and 10 was extreme. And I think it's kind of the same thing now. Um, yeah. You know, Phoenix, although they look like they're not going to win a game ever again, it's like, well, they're, they're really hurt right now, you know? And maybe that's their year is like, no, this is a year where Cam Johnson hurt, is hurt, Booker's hurt, Paul's officially old, the eight and stuff that's been kind of dramatic at times, Jay Crowder. Maybe this is kind of who they are. They don't even make the playoffs. It's possible. Um, Minnesota, you know, Cat's still out. They're, they're still running around 500 in the play-in. I mean, if you were to say, hey, Cat's going to be out this long and they're hanging, they're in it. But my, I guess my whole point is I just look at where the Kings are and I'm like, the, the teams behind them, I'm not like, oh, I'm just so scared they're going to figure it out. It's like, I, I like where they are. The Kings have flaws, but so do the other teams. Yeah, yeah. that's I, I'd say that's where I am. with. And Denver and Memphis, to me, are clearly the, the head of the Western Conference. Like they've, they, they've shown yes. more dominance in their style of play of why they are a better team. I think even with Memphis, um, not only their pieces, but the culture that they have set there. And then with the Nuggets, just consistency being silently good, if you want to call it silently good, or they just don't get the love that they deserve around the league. But that is who they truly are. Like their record reflects on who they are as a team. Do you think it's good to have this much parity in the NBA? Like for fans? Or is it better to have like a really awesome team? I love it like this. I really do. I think it's been so fun because it also doesn't feel super fluky when... I You're think it's seeing, great for yeah. NBA fans when yeah. you can turn on a game and be like, oh, this team's kind of fun to watch. This team's like OKC even, you know, like you yeah. you just don't know what you're going to get from them. A Lou Dort and an SGA, like it's still fun. So yeah, I've enjoyed a lot of this year of NBA basketball. Someone in the chat, I think I just missed who it was, but said the Pelicans are uh, scary too or tough. Yeah, I mean, I, when they're healthy for sure. And, and that's that's it's similar. It's not to the level of Anthony Davis. It's not. But, but Zion still has not shown and a B.I., lot. Of, right? Ingram's the same sure. way. But if that team is healthy oh. with their depth and their length and defense, like, yeah, they're scary too. And, and they would be scary for years to come. Growing on what they accomplished last season, yeah. Yeah. And then in the East, it's just watching Boston last night without Jalen Brown and without Al Horford, they got to Brooklyn late. Their flight like got delayed or something. They landed really early in the morning, and they came out and beat the Nets. I know it was no KD, but like they've won five in a. They're just so good. They're thirty-one and twelve. They're but best record in the NBA. They're so good as a team, but Jason Tatum is just like the guy that elevates them. I know Jalen Brown, obviously, when he is yeah. playing, he can be that guy. And the, but you see them as a team. Everyone understands their role, but they also like understand what Jason Tatum can elevate them to do. So they trust him to do his thing as well. Watching them, they just look like the most complete team. Yeah. You know, they've got defense. They've got depth. The addition of Brogdon, he looks great. Yeah. I just like what he brings to that team. 
and you you say you you talk about the Nets like that. Oh, without Kevin Durant, they still. I mean, look where they are in the Eastern Conference. Uh, like they've still it, been a solid team. The Ben Simmons thing is just weird to me. And I, you I'm, gotta shoot Ben Simmons. Kevin Durant's not playing. You cannot have a game where you take three shots when Kevin Durant's not playing. You can't have a game where you have zero points when Kevin Durant's not playing and passing up shots. It's just... I forget. I forget the guy's averaging seven points a game. Someone came over on him, and he was driving to the basket. Someone rotated over, and instead of taking the contact and going through for an obvious layup and getting maybe to the free throw line, he's trying to pass it out to the corner where he ends up passing it out of bounds because the corner started relocating a little bit up yep. or coming in to crash the boards. And it was just like... No, Ben, that one's on you. And then he has some sexy-ass passes throughout the game where his vision and his ability to playmake is still at such a high level, and you have to give him the love he deserves there. But as a complete player, no, he just, something's missing. Stat of the day nominee from Jeremy, only three teams in the West have a 500 or better record on the road. Oh. Den Denver, Memphis, and Sacramento. Okay, now. Ooh. Look at that. Ooh. Look at that. That is a good one. I'm down with uh, it. Ruckus also lets me know that Deuce, the lower third says 16 rebounds for Sabonis, but should say 15. You are a baller despite the mistake. Ooh. That's a mistake by me. I did not mean to put 16 rebounds. That's really bad. You had 15 tonight Did for you Sabonis. make that when we got back from Stockton Kings? Yes. Mm, so you yes. haste makes waste. Yeah. I'm kidding. Thank yeah. you for being our, gra our graphic designer, our producer, our director, our talent. Um, appreciate it all. Um, thank you. You're welcome. A couple of things before we go. We've been on a long ass time. It's fine because we're at the halfway point of the season. It's a Friday into a Saturday. Spurs Warriors tonight. They play the game at the Alamo Dome. Yeah. Used to be the home of the Spurs. 68,000 people at the game tonight. I saw some of the seats though. They're like $40 for these seats. You, you needed binoculars or you could not see. It yeah. wasn't about that, though. It's like going to WrestleMania, right? Yeah. You, some of those, you're just at the event. You're at the That's game. What it's it was. like the largest, was it the biggest uh, crowd in NBA history? It was, I it was really cool to see, by the way. And then they had fireworks outside. Spurs set attendance record 68,323 people at the game so uh, cool. at the Alamo Dome. Spurs are honoring their 50th anniversary, so they did that. They had, you know, David Robinson was there, um, Steph Curry, um, and the Warriors were playing them. 144-113 was the final there. Um, do you think the NBA should do more of these things where they go to a, a large stadium for special events? Like, could they sell out? Um, I think I saw someone on Twitter suggest, I, I'd love to give them credit, I forget who it was, saying, could you do a, a huge game at SoFi Stadium? With like um, two premier teams, or does it have to be? Hey, it's a 50th anniversary. It's Alamo Dome. This Can I be honest? Yeah. Uh, for me, as a basketball fan, yeah, I don't want to just be there. I want to watch the game. But I know there's a lot of people who just like to go to games as an event and enjoy watching some of it, but enjoying drinking. What or if you did All Star walking? Weekend? In Las Vegas. I think that is a perfect All -Star idea. All-Star Game, Allegiant Stadium. I think and that's a perfect idea. I actually idea. think they could do it for the All-Star Game because right now the All-Star Game, it's pretty much filled with it's corporate sponsors yes. and partners. Do, it's not a lot of fans. Did you There's just some, come up with that? Yeah. Oh, I think it's a great... I think that's how you do it. Could they fill up that, though? Yes. You know how fun that would be? Think about it. Every That All-Star Weekend in that city 
would be, I think it would be amazing. Uh, I almost said lit, but I didn't want to like offend you with my um, young, cool verbiage. Uh, so instead I said amazing. Rewind of what you said before you that. I wasn't listening. listening. Yeah, I'm doing other things, Morgan. I'm doing other things. There's a lot going on. I was going to bring up something about All-Star Weekend. Well, you're going to look at me like that now? What'd you say? Just repeat it. I said I wasn't listening. My bad. Your Go hands? Ahead. Getting Go away. ahead. Go ahead. They're getting too close. Go ahead. To my face. Go ahead. <laughs> you're going to get it. Go ahead. Say what you said again. Repeat it. I said something like that would be amazing, and then I was going to say lit, and then I didn't say lit because I didn't want you to make fun of me. Well, good. I'm glad you're learning. Oh, my God. Anyway, that would be um, the right idea, in my opinion. Um, Morgan Reagan. Yeah. Speaking of All-Star Weekend, Mac McClung, first NBA G League player. I love this. Who will participate. To participate in the NBA's slam dunk contest. The others right now, it sounds like Kenyon Martin Jr. from the Rockets and Shaden Sharp from the Portland Trail Blazers. I think that's all the names we know at this point. Um, I think it's cool. Dude, I'm telling you, I, there's some people are Discord is it? Come on, Matt McClung, they could get a G League player. Look, the game is to celebrate basketball, it's basketball's weekend. You want to give some love to the G League? Bring a guy like Mac McClung, and I'm telling you right now, Mac McClung can dunk the shit out of he's the ball. He's got bounce, and he's he can throw it tremendous down. Tremendous bounce. Yep. No, truly, I, I, I. The reason why I, I love it. I think we've seen a lot of him, obviously, in the G League, and he's such an exciting player that plays with so much effort. You've seen him play some NBA games. Um, same keeps that same energy right all the way through love that about it but i was also telling you on our way to stockton i was talking about how i think it's so cool to highlight the g league yeah. by adding that one player you're not diluting the product by putting a g leaguer in there if you can dunk the effing ball and you're within the program then you should be highlighted i'm telling you i think this is going to be a bounce back dunk contest for the NBA. What? Yeah, I just think with Mac in there and Shaden Sharp. I like Shaden that. Shaden Sharp <sighs> is insane. Yeah. His athleticism. I think at one point this year, I saw a game in Portland where his crotch was above the rim. Really? I No, but he oh, jumps really high. I believed you. But that would be, uh, that his vert would be. Yes. Like, what do you think his vert's 100 inches? Yes. I was like, but, wait, how did he get up there? It's pretty crazy okay yeah i and mac i was looking up some of his dunks too that some of his like high school ones and then i've seen him in the g league the guy's got some freaky athleticism yeah no he does it's it's fun to watch him play um basketball so it's gonna be fun to see him get crafty and throw it down all right, it's been fun. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us so, so much. Next week's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be back live again on Sunday. Can't wait. Sunday? Yeah. Sunday, they play the Spurs in Correct. San Antonio. So after that game, we'll be on. We'll be live on Kings and Spurs. We love you guys so, so, so much, but we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your day now, and thank you so much for being here with us. See ya! Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast.